This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Vertif Services. From power and thermal management on individual data center racks to expertly manage full lifecycle project services, Vertif has several thousand service-focused specialists around the world as your IT infrastructure needs covered. All right. Hi, my name is Song. And I'm Caitlin. And uh, we're your hosts to our new Vertif podcast series here called Get Talkers. Yeah, um, legal team's going to be really thrilled to to, to see this one. Um, Graham, uh, let's remember to to cut some of this out and, and censor some of this, and uh, or just hope they don't catch this one. Let's move on to the show itself. You know, this episode is is focused on um, services in the IT data center, IT infrastructure um, sort of industry. And, you know, it's a really timely subject right now, right? You, you, you hear about extreme weather conditions that's out there. And uh, our company, Vertiv, um, has uh, quite a few service members being deployed right now as we speak in various parts of the world um, to address uh, data center related uh, issues that are really important for um, you know, mission crit- critical infrastructure and uptimes. In addition to that, something that's, you know, faced us throughout this entire uh, pandemic and even to a certain extent before, uh, but especially so compounded by the pandemic, which is access to IC facilities have become more and more limited. IT resources have always been limited or, or challenged. Um, shortage of people or, or people are just expected to do more with the same or less, right, from an IT resource standpoint. So, you know, so important these days to be able to have strong services to uh, support your IT infrastructure so that you can stay within your budget, but at the same time, you know, maintain that important uptime, which is why today we intru- would like to introduce our guests and we invited our uh, guest, Ben Shipley, who is the Senior Director of Services here at Vertiv. Ben has 15 years of data center service experience, ranging from critical infrastructure maintenance, lifecycle management, efficiency upgrades, turnkey work end-to-end, along with electrical testing and maintenance programs. Today, he has responsibility for services sales here at Vertiv uh, for our North American organization. So welcome, Ben. Thanks very much for joining us. Welcome, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very awesome. much. I, I feel honored to be, you know, one of the first guests here and uh, to see how this goes. So I'm pumped about it. Ben, I think one of the first points we want to hit on is how data center services is a pretty broad spectrum and maybe means different things to different people. Could you help us define for the audience at a maybe high level some of the important types of services specifically for data centers and at the edge? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if we if we think data center, it's a it's a commonly used term and it seems to encompass more and more, uh, you know, today than it certainly did 10, 15 years ago. Um, You know, at that point, 10 or 15 years ago, a data center was a pretty easy thing to understand. Uh, You know, it was a giant computer room, uh, mostly enterprise driven. So it helped an organization do the business that they're actually in. Um, But over the course of the last you know, five plus years, uh, data centers taken on a mind of its own. Um, and so now you've got all these branches that have kind of branched off from that. And you've got, 
you know, hyperscale data centers, you've got co-location and multi-tenant data centers, uh, you still have the enterprise space with enterprise data centers. Uh, and then we have this other commonly used and probably overused term out there, uh, which is edge data center, right? Which which could be a number of different things depending upon who you ask right now. So, um, you know, that can be uh, a containerized solution uh, closer to the actual consumer of the compute to reduce latency. Um, it could be closets, uh, IT, IDF closets in hospitals or stores or, or anything like that. Um, and I think that that dichotomy and that shifting of a data center to all these different places uh, really put us as Vertiv in a position to think about, holy hell, you know, what what do we do with all these different things? Because needs have now changed. Right. Um, you know, ten years ago in an enterprise data center, availability was a one a number one priority, uh, no matter what. And that's just not the way it is today. Uh, you know, customers are looking for flexibility based upon what they're supporting. Um, mm-hmm. They're even looking for flexibility even within their own singular business, right? So right. if you think about a bank, for example, they have high frequency trading that's happening all day, every day. Uh, that's a pretty risky environment to have downtime. Right. Um, but is is the office, you know, 100 miles away in, in New Jersey, uh, as as risky to, to have a little bit less maybe of infrastructure maintenance and service. So there's a whole heck of a lot of decisions being made, uh, trends within the market that are changing. Um, and you know it's our job to understand what those are and try to make sure that we put the right the right offers together, the right solutions at the right price points uh, in order for our customers to have that flexibility. Definitely and. I think in the industry too, some of the conversations we're hearing is, I guess, really the fact that with all this infrastructure and different products that customers need to really stand up their data centers, um, really the realization in the market that service and maintenance aren't totally separate from products. It's a marriage really of those two areas. Could you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, I think we've learned a lot over the last uh, four or five years uh, from both of kind of the big segments that, that came about from the edge to the, to the MTDC and hyperscale. Um, and it's no longer this idea of, you know, I'm going to I'm going to send a three phase UPS to a place or two with all the supporting and ancillary gear. And we're going to send a small team in and make that all happen. Um, you know, now we may be installing hundreds of these in one singular location uh, in a greenfield scenario that's being, uh, you know, both under construction uh, and building the IT infrastructure all at the same time. And so, you know, what we do from a service perspective has to be intimately involved in the process of quoting projects, closing projects and delivering projects. Right. Um, and ultimately what we found, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter which kind of data center you're talking about, is that the, the installation and commissioning and startup and warranty inspection and all those things we do from a service perspective, they make or break uh, the customer experience. Okay. So, sure. you know, obviously the unit is highly important and, and we, we stand by our products uh, along with all the other things that we talk about in, in which they do. Uh, but it's our job to to set those up the right way and and make sure they work the right way. And you know the the other thing that gets more complicated is these units become much more much more complicated. Um, you know, as 
especially on the thermal side of things. If you think about, you know, critical cooling 10 years ago, it was, you know, chill water and belts and filters. And, you know, that, that was it. You ran those things at a hundred percent, just like, uh, you know, you you run your air conditioner at the time. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that is not the way it is now. Right. Definitely not the way. I mean, our, our units and, and our competitors units are, are much more, um, communicative. Um, they have a lot more set points. They have networking capabilities. They're connected to multiple sensors in multiple different places. Um, and in order for those highly complicated systems to work properly, you know, you, you got to make sure all that stuff is set up correctly. Um, and you kind of have to keep doing it. Right. Uh, because the, the, the state of the data center today is dynamic. It is constantly changing where loads are going in or, or going out. You know what customers are trying to shift from A to B, um, and if everything's set up properly, you know it does a pretty good job of understanding and, and going through that. Uh, I would say one of the biggest learnings we had on the thermal side uh, was, you know, during the construction phase and the installation phase of new thermal, there's not load in the room, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's no compute happening. So you're starting up a unit and it's it's working great, and then all of a sudden you put load in the room. Uh, and there's a bunch of set point changes and communication changes and sensor changes and all these things that happen. So, you know, what we've really focused on is being able to be high level experts in the industry mm-hmm. um, to take care of the controls, the efficiency and all that stuff. Because quite frankly, it's why our customers bought our products right. uh, is because of the world class efficiency and robustness and, and all those things. And it's our job to make sure that we fulfill that commitment on, on what we sold them to begin with. Definitely. Yeah. It sounds like that experience makes or breaks the entire, uh, I hate to use the word experience again, but <laughs> kind of, you know, and, um, I think that's a, a place of understanding that we could always dive into more. Like you said, being aware of not only why customers are in the market, but what's going to keep them with you is such a key piece. Something that you, um, talked about in the past is sort of this concept of cost versus risk, right? When it comes to um, IT um, professionals, administrators, uh, thought process, it relates to services. Um, it's interesting because uh, some of us on the channel team were just conversing with folks at Nutanix the other week, uh, other other day this week, and we're talking about the challenges of IT professionals making difficult trade-off decisions between limited resources and resources being in some cases, both people and budget, right? As well as meeting IT needs and delivering uptime, right? Uptime, whether it be the sense of digital infrastructure or uptime of critical applications, which requires infrastructure, but as well as, you know, compute storage, networking, um, appliances and and resources. So um, an important focus here, right? That we frequently talk about at at Avertive um, is, are, are these trade-offs? Could you speak to um, these trade-offs in a little bit more detail? And, you know, whether, um, as a two-part question, um, services or capabilities like predictive maintenance capabilities, right? Would that be something that could help alleviate the risk management decision-making and the trade-off process, right? Because you talk about the all sorts of, issues right trade-offs are never fun so if you could talk to the if you could speak to the trade-offs that needs to be made 
and whether or not there's sort of skill sets or capabilities these days in the industry that you're seeing that can alleviate or make the trade-offs easier. Yeah, so you asked me a two-part question, which means you're absolutely going to have to ask me the second part again <laughs> later. Um, but the, 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 sure. the first part, yeah, the, the first part is really about, you know, the job of anybody who's, you know, either retrofitting an existing data center space or, or building out new um, and the trade-offs, right? So you have a number of different things pulling um, you in multiple different directions when you're trying to make these decisions. So, you know, you've got location, uh, you've got space, you've got budget, you've got timeline, you have all these different things that kind of have to push and push and pull against each other um, to kind of find that sweet spot of a solution. And so, you know, what we really see today, uh, which is again, significantly changed over the last 10 years is that availability is certainly a very important thing um, but but you can measure availability and uptime and associate what infrastructure or service or whatever it is you're buying to the appropriate risk level that, that you want to take. Um, so you know you could have you could have an N plus one system um, you know or something even more robust or you could have single module systems. Um, same on the thermal side, you can do a number of different things there. And, and you know, ultimately, those, all those factors uh, produce a sweet spot. Um, and I think what we see today is that's really the main, the main goal of a lot of our customers today is to find that sweet spot. And in some instances, not only is it their goal, it, it also is a differentiator for them in the marketplace, that they think they have figured out the, the right way to do things and the way that works best for them and for, for their end user clients. And so, yeah, it's it's a tough thing. I mean, we, we deal with it all day, every day. Um, and, and we do our best uh, to try to be consultative about what they're trying to accomplish and offer up the right solutions, both from a product standpoint and a, and a service standpoint that, that fits that risk uh, availability model. Um, and it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. Um, it's, and it's also very different across the different platforms we've already talked about from MTDC to hyperscale to an enterprise data center to, to the edge. Um, and the needs of those people when they're making these decisions can be very, very different. Um, the needs Absolutely. of their clients, their, their end users or uh, the users within their own business, those, those could be different. And so, you know, everybody wants to, to figure out kind of that best sweet spot. Um, and it's our job, you know, along with the consulting engineering community uh, to put all the options out there. And, and sort of the main point for, for us at, at Vertive is flexibility. Okay. So, I mean, we, we're not in a, in a place where we can build one or two things that fit the, the mass needs of everybody. You know, we have to have multiple products uh, that function in different ways in different spaces and, and platforms um, because that's what the market demands now. Um, and if you if you really relate that to the breadth of, you know, both our product line and, and others within the industry, you know, you have very large three phase UPSs with all the distribution gear and all that set up down to, you know, a single phase. UPS that sits under your desk if you're if you're going to relate that to power. It's a pretty big gamut of, of things to, to have. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a really big gamut of things to have and get them all right. Um, and so that's certainly our goal is to have the, the right product that fits the, the right models in a flexible fashion 
um, across all of sort of those those data center markets or verticals. You know, Ben, it's interesting the term you used, right? I think you talked about prioritization and and and, and risk tolerance, right? Would you say, for in layman's terms, right, for for some members of our audience who may not be familiar, that certain IT decision makers will prioritize differently the uptime of a hospital and my need personally to stream Tiger King, you know, a, a consistent quality? <laughs> is is it is that kind of a distinction in terms of prior? I think that's very important personally to be able Those to watch Tiger level. King. Um, and get a good stream, but yeah. um, that's the decision, right? That decision makers will have to make. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, it goes back to the business that our customers are in. Um, so if you're if you're mm -hmm. one of the streaming platforms out there, uh, you know, you certainly want to be able to get content to the consumer uh, with the lowest amount of latency possible. There's your there's buzzword bingo. If somebody's playing buzzword bingo, they can check off latency. Um, but that really means just getting the content to them in a streamlined fashion fast. Um, so if if Song is sitting at home and he's poured himself his first uh, bourbon or beer of the night and he turns on, you know, Tiger King, for example, and that that wheel starts spinning, he's not going to wait very long before he makes a different decision. And that's that's not something that the streamers really, really want. You know, they, they want to bring that content to you fast. And so. When you think about that and other applications where latency is, is highly important, whether that's, you know, 5G or, or whatever the case may be, that means they have a different set of uh, decisions that they have to make in order to make that uh, part of their, their deliverable to their clients. So they have to think about that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. And I know the audience might, might, might think that my sophisticated taste in media, it, it might be too much. So I won't, I won't dwell on that <laughs> any further. But, you know, the other piece of that question was, um, you know, we sometimes talk about predictive maintenance capabilities, right? Could you briefly at a high level for, um, in simplest terms, describe what predictive maintenance capabilities would entail? And does that potentially help IT decision makers uh, make bets easier, right? From a risk management or trade-offs perspective. Yeah, yeah. So you know, pr predictive maintenance, the another buzzword in the industry, and you know, it's got multiple different names now, from uh, you know, predictive to condition-based to just-in-time, um, and really, all this is surrounding uh, data, right? And and IoT, and you know, all those other other buzzwords that we hear. And so as, as we think about, you know, predictive and, and those type of applications, you know, that starts with design. Um, so that starts with the design phase of the product and its ability to both take in information and spit out information in the correct format um, so that either the user, the customer themselves or us as, as the manufacturer can, can take action on those things. Um, and so, you know, it is where you've seen and we talked about before that marriage between product and service that that can only get stronger uh, is you have to start to design products that are intelligent and smart. Um, and then really the second phase of that is utilizing that data in the right way to make the right decisions at the right time. Um, so if you think about all the information that you know, your your iPhone or your Android phone um, can spit out back to Apple or pick pick another supplier there. 
um, it's a lot. It's a lot of information. Right. Um, and they have people working around the clock with algorithms and all those things, trying to understand what usage looks like and, you know, what they should do different. And it's no different for us. Um, so what we want to be able to do is take in that information and start to make much smarter decisions um, with our customers as they as they venture through the life cycle of those products, whether that's hey, when do you need to come have the factory uh, out to do a visit to, to preventative maintenance something? Uh, whether that's, hey, we think we've seen some things within your unit that are alarming us. We'd like to come out now before it's a problem. Uh, whether it's on you know, consumable things within the, uh, the UPS systems or the thermal systems that, that you should replace, right? So you know, our customers have to make these decisions all the time about, you know, what do I fix? What do I what do I upgrade? Um, you know, what do I do? And, and right now, the, the industry itself sort of gives them uh, some some bumper lanes to, to make a bowling reference. We, we give them some bumpers to think about as to when that stuff needs to be done. Uh, but ultimately, we want to be a whole heck of a lot smarter um, and, and relay that information in a more intelligent way back to our clients so they can make faster, easier, more educated decisions and, and ultimately reduce any sort of risk um, and, and downtime, potential downtime. So it's, it's, it's absolutely where the service business as a whole, not even just our market, is going. I mean, my wife tried to convince me to get a smart refrigerator and I'm like, I don't think you have to be that smart to have a refrigerator. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, everybody wants wants that now. So, you know, we're, we're working on it exceptionally diligently out there um, with a number of tools. We've got some uh, some tests going out in the marketplace right now. Um, and it's a pretty cool thing. Um, it's 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 pretty exciting. So we're, we're excited about it. Um, obviously everyone in the, in the marketplace, including us, wants it faster. Um, but when you're dealing with critical infrastructure, you've got to make some really good decisions in order to give good guidance to back to your, to your client. So I see that as absolutely the future state of, of service. We'll never get rid of, you know, physical people, um, because information only takes you so far, uh, physical things have to be done. Um, and, and so, you know, our, our robust service business, um, can only get better by having more information, um, to help our customers make good decisions and to keep them up and running as, as long as we possibly can supplemented and, and driven by our, our fantastic folks out there in the field all day, every day. And for students, you know, who are speaking of buzzwords, right. For students who are, you know, at home listening to this, perhaps, um, you know, in school, a lot of times you might be learning about uh, data science or um, data analytics, and you hear jargons around you know, predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics. It doesn't just have to be a big data set about people and human behavior. It could also be predict predictive machine behavior. Like the ultimate point is being able to help people make decisions and predicting what may or is probable uh, probably going to happen in the future. So. You know, this is uh, really important. So I want to ask too, Ben, based on some of your last statements um, about, you know, the predictive maintenance going through, you know, trying to, I guess, stay ahead of the curve 
when it comes to our customers and also understanding their needs. So would you classify the way that the service relationship should function now as like an ongoing, consistent relationship, not just a one and done type of deal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the the folks that work around me and and work uh, work on our team, they constantly hear me talk about service being a marriage. It's certainly not speed dating. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> when that. what? Yeah, so you know, when when a customer makes a very important decision to buy a piece of equipment or a number of pieces of equipment, you know, there's some they they're living with that for for quite some time. Right. And they need support from the right people uh, in order to make that happen. And so, you know, we, we enter into a marriage with our customers and our goals have to start aligning with with their goals. Um, and and it's, it's a highly important piece because it's important to them to make sure that they're doing and operating things as they should for for their bosses and their customer base. Um, and it's our job because those are our products. Um, we want to stand behind them a hundred percent and make sure they work all the time. And if, and when something goes bump in the night, we, no one can respond faster, fix faster, diagnose faster, um, than the partner that they've chosen, uh, in us. So yeah, a- absolutely. It's a long-term relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we do an excellent job of, of, uh, making sure that we uphold, uh, our end of the bargain in that marriage. Um, and, and hopefully if we do that, they have a, a phenomenal experience with the products that they've purchased from us. Um, and we'll start looking at the new products and services that we have out there in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, and I guess just to circle around to the client experience side of things, you know, since a lot of the customers we're working with are trying to please their own customers and, you know, that's obviously the nature of B2B, but, you know, I want to circle back around to the vertical side of things and those markets, Mm -hmm. obviously you guys touched on streaming. Um, I think of e-commerce specifically, you know, within retail, sometimes with education, healthcare, those are such specific industries. And I mean, even if we think of that Friday night experience, you know, shoppers got their glass of wine, they're going online to shop. And I'm sure stores don't want the connection there to be halted for any reason. I'm just. Oh, hoping... you know what I do on Friday nights, Caitlin. <laughs> anyway, so on. I've... We planted a camera in your home. Somewhere. Don't worry about it. We see what you do. You're buying those uh, Tiger King outfits. <laughs> um, but are there any considerable differences? Uh, in certain vertical markets, I guess I'm thinking certain nuances, especially uh, when we think of like healthcare and education versus maybe retail and finance, you know, are you seeing any differences there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's the, the risk is different for each of our clients, depending upon, you know, what business they're in. And so, you know, as we've talked about their decision-making process, they factor those things into their decision, whether that's, you know, product-specific or redundancy-specific um, or service and maintenance-specific. Um, certainly, they have they have all those different needs based upon their, their kind of end user, if you will. Um, but I think there's some some very specific things going on sort of in the what I'll classify as the the small systems, 
uh, okay. side of things. So if you think about, you know, small UPSs or, you know, small to medium-sized UPSs supporting, you know, stores or, or closets or, or whatever the case may be. And one of the common themes is when you distribute infrastructure like that, it becomes very volume heavy and volume rich. Um, so if you have, you know, for example, pick a retail store uh, out there that has 1500 different locations um, and one or two folks are trying to manage all of those locations. Right. There's no real expertise right there at the store or wherever it is to, to make any changes or to adapt to the scenario. And so how does a person or a team of people manage 1,500 different locations with all kinds of different things going on? Um, and so I, I commonly use and and I know others use this set it and forget it mentality when you think about um, that, that mm -hmm. sort of vertical. They, they, they want to know, but they also want to know at the same time, is something being done to fix it, right? Um, and what risk right. is going on? So when, when you think about um, technology from a connectivity standpoint, the, the more intelligent we get with intelligent devices and connectivity, the easier it is for them to understand what's going on in a giant portfolio um, rather than, you know, getting a store manager or calls, you know, 40 times a day. And, you know, the red lights blinking, something's not wrong. The cash register doesn't work. The CPQ <laughs> system doesn't work. Um, you know, they don't they don't want that. Right. They, they right. want to know somebody has already understood what the problem is, diagnosed it. They're there to try to fix it and that sort of thing. And so. You know, we've had to adapt our service makeup. Um, you know, we 10 years ago, we had we had uh, power, AC power folks that kind of jack of all mm -hmm. trades type of type of thing. Um, and now we have very specific people doing very specific things, uh, whether that's in single phase product or thermal product or, you know, giant, massive, very intelligent thermal product, AC power, all that stuff. Um, and we've had to decide how we want to best support those clients based upon client feedback. And so, you know, when you think about the edge, which I would consider this a piece of the edge, if you will, um, you know, we have an edge force mm -hmm. that, that's out there um, that takes care of these issues day in and day out. We, we still have, you know, uh, four or five hundred of the folks uh, doing three phase UPS, AC power stuff and distribution stuff every day um, between us and our, our partners. Uh, in the relative markets, we have like 380 different thermal technicians, all certified on on product, on thermal product. So we've definitely had to had to segregate um, to a certain extent and diversify what we do, but in a vision that takes care of very specific verticals or or product lines or product sets. So we have all the right knowledge in the right place at the right time. Absolutely, and. You know, we've been talking about flexibility a lot in this conversation and how that changes based on different organizations, the nature of their business. Could you talk us through what that looks like, especially, I mean, just to be frank, in the age of COVID and with hospital systems, you know, obviously, ideally, they wouldn't need some of this maintenance. Ideally, predictive maintenance would take care of everything. But when we don't really have time or the luxury of time, I should say, for systems to go down, especially in healthcare, you know, what is does flexibility play into that? What, what do we mean when we say that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, as we talked about in any application, there's a set of risk and, you know, hospitals, there's certainly uh, risk in, in um, you know, human patients that, that need a certain and specific service. And for healthcare workers to do that properly, they have to have access to specific things. And so, you know, uh, availability for them is exceptionally important. Um, and then, you know, the, the risk may be more monetary in other places um, where it's it's focused on retail or, or banking or, or those types of things. And so, you know, certainly more uh, being more in tune and directly connected to devices and understanding what's going on can help them make faster decisions. Um, mm -hmm. You know, do I need to move to a different floor or a different room or use a different device or, or those sort of things? Um, but, you know, the, the interesting part about um, COVID was how we and, and others within our industry were able to respond in such a hugely positive way um, mm -hmm. to taking care of our clients. You know, we, we were you know, designated as essential workers out there. Um, and so our, our men and women were out there every day making sure that we take care of clients and customers and all the applications and things that they do to keep the world running. Um, you, you can always get caught up in your day-to-day -day and, you know, working on different projects and different customers right. and whatnot. But, you know, it's a pretty cool market to be in as well. Uh, because you do get to work with all kinds of different people and, and customers and, and verticals. And, you know, the challenge for us is always I want to do 100 uh, percent the best work I can for no matter who the client is. Um, and, you know, I'm very happy with the team. I'm thankful to the team that, uh, you know, was out there every day doing their thing, making it happen. Um, and, and doing it with a smile on their face because they know that the work that they do is vitally important to all the people in the world. I mean, how many people in the U.S. are connected to, in some way, shape, or form? You know, a lot yeah. of them, right? And, you know, the things that we do, the vital applications that we support, um, that's what we do best. That's what gets our folks up in, up in the morning and you know, sometimes two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> right. You know, nothing ever happens on your the schedule you want it to. Um, but you know, having having both, you know, connectivity can can certainly help. But having a a supplier and a vendor and a and a service partner in that marriage that you can mm -hmm. count on, uh, I think is is one of the most crucial decisions that our customers have to make. Um, and and I would relate that back to. You know, some industry things that we see are going on. I mean, the data center industry in and of itself is is booming. Um, mm -hmm. It's changing. It's adapting. And the need for not only product is out there, but the need for talent is a real thing. Um, and so, you know, we spend an awful lot of time and effort and resource into making sure we train our folks in the right way, um, that they're prepared, that they're working safely. Um, so that we can continue to have that deliverable and that trust and keep up our end of the bargain of, uh, of that marriage. But certainly, you know, there is, there is a need for talent out there. And, um, you know, we do a pretty good job of bringing on really good folks um, and training them the right way so that they can, 
they can be exactly what our customers need them to be whenever they need us to be there. It's a little plug to come work at Vertiv. Go apply. Come, come on over. Yep. <laughs> Subliminal messaging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Very thanks for calling me out. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Vertiv. Yeah. Careers at Vertiv. <laughs> Uh, well, Ben, this has been really um, enlightening. I, I know uh, we're actually, this, this conversation is the only thing between you and the beautiful land and, and streams of Colorado. So <laughs> I really want to just appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to come out and, and speak with us today. Uh, we, we certainly learned a lot and uh, enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. yeah so thanks so much, much, Ben. Much, much appreciated. Um, you know, I hope this was, was helpful to you know, some people out there understanding what data centers are and, you know, what Vertiv does and, and how we do things and, you know, the decisions that have to be made by our clients and um, by us all the time to keep all those things that, that people sort of take for granted this day and age up and running and, and moving and keeping the world moving. And so I hope we I hope we gave them a little aspect of what that looks like. And yeah, I, I'm headed to Colorado in a couple of weeks to, to, to go hunt elk and the camera angle's bad, but my buck from last year is up there. So I'm, I'm getting into uh, what my wife refers to as my happy season. Um, so look, looking forward to that. Awesome. We wish you the best of luck. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, thanks so much for joining us and keeping Tiger King uh, streaming and, and flowing. That's that's also a vital contribution. No, no Folks, problem. thanks so much for... <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining us today, and uh, you know, please uh, follow us on uh, various social platforms. For those of you lucky enough to see our faces on video, we'll uh, share some of our social media handles out there. Uh, please feel free to add uh, any of us on LinkedIn if you want to connect and or speak to us about services, Tiger King, or anything that interests you. Anything relevant. Otherwise, <laughs> thanks so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, have yourself a great one. Stay safe so much. and have fun out there.